I think we're gonna we're gonna finally see for all the hoopla and all of the hype uh, going into the offseason with Deion Sanders in Colorado, it does not mask the fact that they don't have any players on that roster. And you think you thought UMass was the worst roster in college football? It may be Colorado's. Now I say that. Do they have a quarterback? Yes. Do they have two starting corners that could be NFL guys and one of them plays both ways? Yes. They are so devoid of talent up front on both sides of the ball, I don't know how they're going to keep their quarterback upright. Now, back to the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. This really is the best part, Adam Hill, of the beginning of the college football season. I know they had week zero last week, and we got some impressions on several teams in the Mountain West Conference. We got to see USC and Caleb Williams, possible number one pick. But this weekend, because of who Deion Sanders is and his name and his bluster and the trash talk and also the infantile responses he's had to people criticizing him, that game is center stage. It is a three-touchdown favorite in TCU. I'm telling you right now, TCU is going to win by five touchdowns. And that was Tom Luganville on the way back. And Tom Luganville has been analyzing college football for a long time and played college football, so he's not one of us dorks who didn't, right? That's what people think. Like, oh, you know, played the game. Um, played at Georgia Tech. And What would, what would uh, Jim Harbaugh say? Is that enough experience? So he said yesterday, he said, the, for those that played the game, we understand preseason games matter. Oh, John, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, sorry. Yeah, John sorry, Harbaugh. John. Who, by the way, yeah. never played in the NFL. Exactly. But Georgia yeah, Tech could be good enough. He played college football. Could be good enough. I have no idea. I, I don't know. Who, you know. Well, actually, no. You know what's funny? There are so many people who are devotees, oh, yeah. like zombies, who the response to Luganville is like, "Who are you? You you played at Georgia Tech? Shut up!" Like, all right, what he said on the surface looks to be true. Yep. I'm telling you, you can't. Turn over a roster, get rid of 60 guys because you walk in like a child and go, you all suck. You went 1-11. We can't do anything with any of you. Then, like, 14 guys transfer and land at better program. Now, I'm not saying they're all starting, but they're, you know, they're in, if they're in the ones, the twos, the threes, and people think there's going to be no effect going into a season as you're trying to rebuild with 60 new guys, they have no shot. They're not winning four games. They're going to win one or two, and TCU is a real program that has sustained it. They're going to get freaking smashed. Well, do, here, here's the issue. Like, I, I agree when they play good teams, they're in trouble. But I think they have enough talent at the skill position where we underestimate that college. No matter if the line can't stop anyone, good luck getting the ball back. And I don't think their O-line is going to keep his son upright. Well, I, I completely disagree. I just think that in some of the games they have some game breakers. They are, yeah, they are going to make enough plays to win games. But I do think that there are people out there that literally think this team is winning the national championship um, because they have a couple of star players at skill positions. The highest liability at some books for the Big Twelve title. Check that for the Pac twelve title. I was already jumping ahead. Yeah, for the Pac twelve title, the highest liability is on Colorado. The highest yeah. take account is on Colorado. I mean, that, yeah. come on. Yeah, it, it's it's wild, but it's it's people focus so much on skill positions and uh, quarterbacks for sure. And look, he's a good player, no question. Uh, but it is you know football more than anything is very tough for one or two or three guys 
to dominate in that way. And so I do think they're in a lot more trouble than anybody really expects. Uh, it's going to be, you know, except for close attention that already know it's not going to be great. But, yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle for them. And they are playing fantasy football. Like, they got receivers and quarterbacks and uh, and corners. And, like, the only ones that matter are skill positions. That's really not how football works. I expect it to be a mess. So I'm glad you think there's a little upside. I think it's going to be a disaster. And a lesson learned. That that's not the way you build. It's also not the way you treat kids. When you come in, these guys put in some hard work for the previous staff. It doesn't mean they're a waste just because they didn't have success. And looking at, you know, oftentimes looking at a 1-11 and 11 or a 5-7 and seven or a 4-8, and eight, unless you deep dive and you see that a lot of games come down to 8 or 10 key plays, if you don't do that, then you could look at a team and just go, hey, these guys were 1-11, and 11. everyone is worthless. That's silly. I mean, I had, I had the... Uh, we had a quick discussion yesterday on uh, the UNLV All Access Podcast, which you can find up on Twitter at UNLV All Access Podcast. That's Steve Cofield. We had some comments on the UNLV depth chart, right? And they've turned over a lot of the roster. And there were a couple of comments when people looked at the ones and twos. They're like, boy, Arroyo, where are all his high-level recruits? And then someone responded like, oh, his recruiting was terrible. And I responded, I'm like, there's 24 Arroyo guys in the ones and twos. I think they, I think they put out, because they had a couple of doubled up, you know, at the twos. So I think there were 49 guys. 24 of them are Arroyo guys. By the way, there's still Sanchez guys on the team. Yeah. Which I'm trying, what I'm trying to build here is there's a, there, there are talented players on rosters. And the other thing in college football is age and experience matters. So guys who are three and four and five years into the program, especially with the COVID rules now, <laughs> you could have you could have a big fella who's twenty four years old. Yeah. You don't think that matters against a nineteen year old? Well, you could BYU could have twenty seven year olds now. Well, the other thing, and you called this with BYU with certain schools with NIL, you can freaking stockpile your roster, yeah. and every walk on is getting money, so they're essentially on scholarship. Yeah. What do you think that does to a team? But to your point, yes. BYU could have guys on the team who are 23, 24, and 25. And I'm telling you, a 24-year-old playing against a 19-year-old, well, even if he's a four-star guy sometimes. Not always. Uh, did you watch the Bishop Sycamore documentary? How bad was it? I don't mean the documentary itself. How bad? It it was – you have not watched it, you said, you're saying? I highly recommend anybody watches it. I was fascinated by the story. I was very much excited about it, and I obviously knew it was a mess. It was far worse than I ever even imagined. Um, the level of con artist and just scum of a human being uh, that Roy Johnson, I think his name is, was or is, and by the way, is basically saying, yeah, I'm doing it again. Like, what are you going to do? Like, it's within the rules. So come after me. What, what exactly did he do? You're talking about how you build a football program? No, 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 no. no, no I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> All right, close your oh, ears. Spoiler, turn, sorry. Turn off, turn off your headset. Uh, I, I won't give the details necessarily of, of the documentary. I mean, just the, just the um, he, he used some loopholes in the rules, which essentially the state of Ohio, and most states are the same way, can't have any governance over a religious school. So he's like, hey, we're religious. And then the, the church he was supposedly tied to was like, no, you're not. You're not with us. And he's like, pfft. Okay, okay. Oh, well, yeah, I am. And they kept trying to distance themselves. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm with you. And he basically just took kids who were adults who are done playing football, and he's like, hey, 
You didn't get a scholarship? I'll get you one. Come here. And then he was conning. By the way, now it's reminding me of All American. Yeah. When uh, weren't the, weren't they trying to recruit like a twenty four year old lineman yeah. who had been out of football for three years? But yeah. like you still have eligibility. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, these kids didn't have eligibility. They're and, he, and he's doing it anyway. Yeah. He's like, oh my God. he's like, they're, they're twenty three. Okay, fine. Uh, and then he was conning hotels and other places. So he he found a rule like if you get enough rooms, that was like a group rate. You could stay there for like ninety days before your next bill is due. And so he's like, all right, we'll just not pay. So like three months, they're to stay there. Like, eh, what are you going to do? They'll kick us out? Fine. All right. Owes hundreds of thousand dollars to hotels, to everyone. But then the gross part was no, oh, two nights before the game on ESPN, he scheduled another game. They played Friday and then Sunday against the best team in America. And when somebody got hurt in that game on ESPN and the officials were like, hey, where's your trainer? They didn't have one, so they called some kid's mom out of the crowd. Not a nurse or a doctor, just a lady. Hey, this kid's got a torn ACL. What should we do? It is wildly disturbing. So how can this continue to go on? Isn't he facing lawsuit after lawsuit? Yeah, but he's like, hey, the rules are still the rules. I'll just say I'm a religious institution. Do what I want. It's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing yeah, the level. No spoilers, right? Is that no. enough? Is that enough to mind? Yeah, th- that is not telling you anything that you want. Like, you will still be blown away by everything that you find out in this documentary. I'm it's on the crazy. edge of my seat. I said no spoilers, it's but I want you to keep talking for another 30 minutes. Dude, it is it is wild. I c- I want, I'm going to watch it again. Like, I, I couldn't believe, first of all, how angry I was at the guy. Oh, no. All which right. Was, That's like, pretty good. Which was blinding, blinding, like, my understanding of everything. Like, I was so mad that I couldn't focus on all the details. It is crazy to watch. Crazy. All right. Well, speaking of TV, we know there's one guy on the show who likes commercials. It's me. You don't watch commercials, but I will watch them. I will sit there. I like them because I need a little break when I'm watching different shows. I don't need commercial free. So I have caught. I still don't know what they're pitching, uh, but I have caught the Kelsey's in commercials. Who? The Kelsey's. Thank you. Sorry, mispronunciation. Get him. Get him. Are you going to accept that, Damon? Demo. Let's just keep it's him not, moving. It's not Demon. <laughs> just now. So, grandmother and Adam is. They're going to go with Demon. But I need Adam to put a country accent on if he's really going to do it. If he's going to commit to it, Demon. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't great, was it? No, that was perfect. That was. That was, that was not great. That was. That was old country nana. All right, these guys have a good sense of humor. I, you know, I just I'll warn them. Kansas City fans are quickly becoming um, unbearable pansies and very sensitive, like Patriots fans. Do they not like that Travis Kelce wants to get with, or Travis Kelce's mom wants to get with Jimmy Garoppolo? Are they going to accept this commercial, especially what's going on at the end? Playoff time. What do we got? I say we run last year's script back. Who doesn't love a good sequel, right? But we're just going to tweak the ending a little bit. There we go. Write that down. What if that Jimmy Garoppolo character fell in love with my character? That's good right there. Steamy. Forbidden love. I like it, Mama K. That's a good-looking guy right there, Mom. I see where you're going. Me likey. Vegas, baby. (laughs) I'll be down. All right. You get a Vegas baby from the Kels mom. 
We got trouble in Kansas City. I was that Travis or Jason at the end? Who's who's talking right at the end? I that's this is like the fifth time I've seen this, but that's the first time I've heard the I'd be down. Is that one of them saying they'll come to Vegas? I don't think so. Okay, just making sure. But I'll have to watch it again. You've yeah. seen it five times. Good for you. I have. Well, it's, it was involving the Raiders. I had to see if there was a story to write. All right, tell me uh, what was going on today at camp. I want some reaction to the cuts, the uh, waiver wire, and also the practice squad as they build it in a minute here. But Josh Jacobs' availability. A uh, little weird. Is there – I don't know. Was Demone uh, – was – was the audio available publicly? Do you know? For Josh Jacobs? Yeah. Not until, I'd want to say, an hour ago. Because we were talking. Oh, so it was, it was sent out eventually? Yes, eventually. But we were waiting. We're all talking. Where's that Josh Jacobs? Yeah. People keep talking about it. Q said it happened. It's happening. Yeah, it didn't, didn't, didn't exist until about an hour ago. Yeah, Josh was going to do podium today. And I'm trying to think what's publicly known. He... I'll just say he decided not to, uh, and not to go on camera. So it was a conference call on Zoom with no video. Why'd you guys go and ruin Wait. the relationship? Wait, you were at the facility. Yeah. Did he so leave? So was he. He did a Zoom from in the back with no video. What? Wait, what? Okay, you're rolling. I don't know what you're doing with your eyebrows. What is, what is happening here? Josh Jacobs clone? I don't I don't know. Has that ever happened before where Josh has been hard no. to get? No. Or like a little drama? No. Never before? No. It happened today. I don't I wouldn't think it was drama. He was great. I don't think there was any drama for whatever reason he didn't want people to see him. A lot of people are speculating maybe he's out of shape. I don't think that's true because I saw him Look great. I I don't know, <laughs> but we were expecting him to be at podium, and he wasn't. So I actually I'll say I do know more, but I'm not, you know, going to say. But he, you know, he didn't want to be on camera. So guys, you carry this. I'm going to go to trusted <laughs> source up on Twitter, Rondo Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, wait, maybe he said something because he usually has. He'll he'll put anything out. Yeah, he's so, not going to hide it like you guys are. So yeah, I mean. Look, we also got to hear from other players today. You know I was happy. AJ Cole spoke today, so uh, that was good. Good for everyone. I uh, got to poke the bear a little bit because I knew that he has some volleyball experience, not only himself, but also in his family. His uh, his wife is a professional volleyball player. And uh, Derek Carr recently made the claim that him, Hunter Renfro, and Foster Morrow were undefeated against all Raiders comers in all right, all pool right. volleyball. AJ didn't like that. He said no chance. He rolled his eyes. Is this Top Gun? It's, it's a pool volleyball match. I know. And, and actually, I was all in because his claim was, look, it's Derek's pool. He makes the rules. The rules are not always fair. Well, what are the rules? Well, I th- what I the insinuation like was. Derek's side of the court is like a third the, the size of the other part. So that anytime, was, you, anytime you try to knock it in, knock it in the water, there's, freaking, there's no room to knock it in. I think there was some, inc- some insinuation that of maybe. Course. It's not maybe Derek's side is shallower, so it's easier to get up. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, yep. but also like if there's a dispute over, hey, that ball was out, and you know it hit your hand, and he'll he'd say Foster would be standing there shaking his finger, knowing it hit him, and Derek would be like, no, it was out. So like Derek's rules, Derek, you know, Derek's court, Derek's rules, 
That's why they're undefeated. So you know I was very into that. you got to love on this show that we've got potential drama with Josh Jacobs. There's, no, cuts, there's not drama. Cuts. I will say that. Practice squad stuff. I said I do and, know more. And, and, then, and then Adam is like, we got to break down this volleyball comment from Darren Carr with yeah. AJ Cole because I'm, I'm part of that kicker room. Well, as soon as, AJ, as soon as I asked AJ, he was just rolling his eyes and shaking his head. I knew he was upset. I knew he didn't like that they claimed to be undefeated. Um, especially as I knew that, like I said, AJ's wife is a professional volleyball player. Yep. Like, I don't, I feel like there's a little bit of, like, hey, shots fired here. Like, you've got to be pretty decent at volleyball. You're a tall guy, and your yeah. wife plays volleyball. By the way, did we have something weird happen today? What did Rondo say? Nothing? I couldn't find it. Um, I put out a video this morning from yesterday's show. I mean, our Vast Digital crew put out a video from yesterday's show talking about DeMond being invited onto the arena, the debate show that leads into our show two to three on Wednesdays. Going back to the episode with Salerno, where Jared was the judge, and he never announced a score and just awarded Greg a win. Uh, DeMond was going on today. I said yesterday on the show, you're banned. We can't do this. We want a recount. And then DeMond wasn't on the show. And then I was asking DeMond this morning, Hey, when are you going on the show? And he's like, oh, I'm not. I, ha- I forgot I had an appointment. Then we open the show, and DeMond's like, oh, yeah, earlier today I got my hair cut. Do we have, uh, some, do we have some controversy here? Well, I feel like Demone might have listened to us and just banished himself from the show, like protested. So he didn't have to go. First of all, what is, both Demone and Q just always with the haircuts? Wait a second. I don't know. Like, like we two weeks ago, two weeks ago, we were sitting in the in the media room, and Q was like, "I have to go. I have a hair appointment." And we were like, "Okay." And like four days later, he did it again. We we're like, "How many appointments do you have?" He's like, "Oh, you got to you got to take care. Of you got to stay on top of it." Demond, would you like to comment? Q They're is a little quiet. outrageous. Q gets the haircut on the say like every week. So if if it's within <laughs> twice a week, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if he said, "Yeah, I had to get it cut twice this week because of who knows what." I would believe okay. him one thousand percent. Did you did you tell the arena crew led by Greg Salerno, uh, developing sports talk host and FM wacky DJ? Uh, did you tell him that the reason you couldn't make it was because of a haircut? Yes, I tried to do everything <laughs> within my power to make it on the show. I said, you know, hey, we could even record it if you need to. Like, I I don't want to leave you hanging, but uh, the haircut was a little bit more important. Who ended up doing the show? Danny. Danny. And guess oh, who? Danny did, had to crush him. Guess, guess who won? Danny crushed him. He won. Of course he did. <laughs> I mean, that's an unfair and then, fight. And then Greg got so mad. You know, Danny's doing a no show on Sunday mornings at a, another casino. He's down on the, near the strip at Westgate, and he refused to promote Danny's show. He's like, oh, he's doing a show on Sunday, and just pouted his way out of the show. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Teamwork, brother. All right. When, when is my turn? You're not. No. We're still in the band. No, no, no. We need the review no. of the of the Demahunge. No, I'm not even going to call it. You should be on. Next I will, week. I will make him quit. That is my vow. Wow, might have to send him the audio of this. <laughs> That's pretty rough. But it's also it's silly. We already know the, the there's no rhyme or reason to their scoring. Yeah. Obviously, look, I did listen back to the Demone episode. It wasn't even close. He crushed him. Oh, you went back and listened. He's a Greg has I mean, look. He's better, you know, filling in between songs. He's better than Gooch, right? Probably, yeah. That's yeah, worth of, of course. Yeah. And nothing against Gooch. 
I mean, very much against Gooch. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You guys, we go, made, your we rivalry goes back ruined, to when you're, you're 16. T- 10th grade. Yeah. Uh, we literally ruined Gooch, too. <laughs> Drove him out of the business. Yeah, he did. Uh, we did We did some late-night podcasts with him during COVID, and he resigned from the show. Yeah, he couldn't handle it. Yeah. He can't, you can't, you can't yeah, handle it got, arguments. It got real ugly. We're at the Rampart. Coming up, Arash is going to check in from L.A. or from Vegas. He's, got, he's a very wealthy man. Residences in both spots. We'll talk about some of the news up on the... Sporting Tribune, uh, Rampart Race and Sportsbook starting up on September 7th. Great drink specials, two bucks on the draft beers, three on the bottled beers. Hot dog cart is here uh, on those uh, Thursdays and Mondays and Saturday and Sunday. Clubhouse Deli is adjacent to the book, and then you got a, a great place like Earl Grey with unreal specials. The Earl Grey was one of the first restaurants to go back to just about 24-7. Uh, with the uh, late night food, especially, and you know, this is a town that thrives on late night food. Six dollar late night specials at Earl Grey, including two egg omelet, two eggs any style, cheeseburger, cheese quesadilla. So check it out. It's all inside the Rampart Casinos. We're hanging out in the sports book. Nova Home Loans has ways to save you thousands of dollars that you can put towards buying down the interest rate or help with your closing costs on a new home. Call today to find out if you qualify. 702-577-2600. Wheel one. Curacao has not allowed a home run at the World Series. At the Rampart Race and Sportsbook, it's Cofield and Company. It is Cofield and Company live from the Rampart in the Sportsbook. You can catch us down here each week. A great spot. Great spot to hang out, watch all the games, get your action in. The deli, the buffet. Awesome, awesome place to hang out out here in Summerlin. Arash would know that if he was a real Las Vegan, but he's not. He's an L.A. guy. But he does join us now from the Sporting Tribune, Arash Barkazi. How you doing, sir? I'm good. Wow, I'm glad to hear your voice. You were hiding the last time I was on the show. So, you know, great to I'm hear right Adam here. Hill's voice. I'm right here. Where Where are you? We, we always like to track your movements. Are you here in Las Vegas? Are you in L.A.? Are you gallivanting around the world? Where are you? So I was in Vegas. As you know, I saw you uh, briefly at Circa. And then uh, sure. I, I'm back in Los Angeles getting ready for a... Uh, Weekend of uh, college football out here. Say there actually was uh, was in LA about two weeks ago. Uh, was that right. you know my hangout Shellback Tavern and uh, did not see wow, you anywhere anywhere around. Amazing. It's my spot. It's my spot. Uh, <laughs> we hear the highlight coming back. El Segundo wins the Little League World Series. I feel like we missed out on a chance by the announcers to give a uh, left my wallet at El Segundo reference, but. Uh, what a story. Is it is it a big story in L.A.? There's so much going on there. Did the Little League World Series resonate with people in L.A.? It was a very big story. It was, you know, uh, you know I, I think when the team goes through the journey that they do, you, you kind of, uh, you know, they, the local media did a very good job of telling the story of these uh, players. So, yeah, listen, I mean, by the way, I, had, I was pulling for two teams, right? I was pulling for um, Henderson, and then when Henderson didn't make it, I was pulling for uh, Mel Segundo. 
But El Segundo, yes, I mean, listen, they are definitely known um, for leaving your wallet, of course. That, that, that is what they were most famous for. But, but over the past few years, I mean, they've really kind of become a, a hub for a lot of the professional teams out here looking to plant their flag. The Chargers are currently constructing a practice facility out here. It's the home of the Lakers, home of the Kings, home of the uh, Southern California's first Top Golf. So there's a lot happening in El Segundo. Wow. Uh, yeah, the Chargers building their spot. Uh, is the Chargers right around where the Kings are? Yeah, it's about one mile away. I mean, they're all kind of in their own uh, base, but yeah, I mean, it's basically um, about maybe two two miles or so. I mean, the obvious answer to this question, I think, is it's close to the airport and it's close to where people want to live uh, in the South Bay at some of the beaches there. But uh, what is it about El Segundo that has attracted all these teams? Well, you know, whenever a city does something like this, obviously the city, the municipality, like they definitely are supportive. So the city of uh, Mel Segundo, there's not a lot of red tape. So when the Chargers want to build here, when professional teams want to come here, it, it, it's a, it seems from what I've been told, a very seamless process. But you hit on the uh, two uh, big things there. Yes, very close to uh, the um, airport. Uh, and then the other thing, very close to South Bay. So. Uh, it, it enables the players and the coaches. I mean, 99% of the Kings live in the South Bay. So, you know, when I say the South Bay, that's Manhattan Beach, that's Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach. So they live by the beach, uh, short 10-minute drive to the practice facility, short 10-minute uh, drive to the um, airport. It's fantastic. Uh, Demon, that's uh, Demon's name now. We've, we've learned that's how his family pronounces it, so we're going to pronounce it that way. Uh, Demon, I know, was trying to make the case, and if you want to do this for yourself, you can, Demon, but you think kids should get paid in the Little League World Series? Uh, yes, I do. If they are generating, if they're getting all those viewers for ESPN, what does that mean? That means more advertising dollars, right? So why aren't the people who are generating you know, those viewers, why don't they get a little piece of it? Arash. Listen, it makes sense. I mean, I, I, I didn't see, at least, it, and I'm, again, I, I basically um, spend some, a lot of time with El Segundo. Haven't seen any, like, T-shirts, hats, jerseys, or, you know, championship memorabilia. I mean, if that's the case, then, of course, they, they, they should see a part of that. Yeah. But at the very least, uh, you know, you bring up a good point when it comes to, you know, if, if they're selling advertising and they're putting this on TV and they're making a ton of money or I don't know how much they are, the kids should see some of that, I think. Uh, I, will, I will speak on this as the person of us three that got the closest to going to play in Williamsport. Uh, <laughs> it is a very expensive proposition, right? So uh, the, the costs that are involved in putting this thing on are massive. And I know ESPN generates a lot of money. Uh, and they pay them. They pay the little league a lot of money to put these games on, but the cost of the families traveling, of all the activities that go on, of just the logistics of everyone getting there and worldwide, everyone getting there. I don't know how much profit is actually left over because I I would all be I would be all for it, but I think that part of it kind of eats into a lot of whatever kids would be paid, and I think the experience. You know, we joke about this in college, like, hey, you're getting an education and you're a student athlete and you get that experience that's what you're getting paid that was always silly but i do think the experience is kind of the reward in this case and if there is like if i'm wrong if there's a ton of money left over after all the logistics then yeah it's a conversation we should have but i i don't think people realize the cost of putting that thing on it did a very big tv number and i know that they, they don't put things on tv just for a charity so listen right. i mean obviously there there is something that but 
Like, I have no idea what they get. I mean, at the very least, they, they should get a very nice, uh, it's one of these gift bags that these college football players got when they played in, uh, you know, like the sure. Cotton Bowl or the Rose Bowl or something like that. Raj <laughs> uh, Markazi, Sporting Tribune, with us here. Odd Cofield and the company. We are at the Rampart out in Summerlin. Uh, Arash, the only buffet in Summerlin. What do you think about that? Wait, wh- wh- why is that the case? Is, is, is the buffet not a very popular thing in Summerlin? Uh, it's actually, it's going, it's going in the, year, in, in the past. It's becoming a relic uh, in ah. Las Vegas in general, really. But uh, out here in Summerlin, yeah, it's, uh, it's the spot and it's the place to be. So uh, everybody should come check it out. Great food options here, uh, of course, all over the Rampart. Uh, I know you are a big USC guy, Arash. Uh, you're still catching up on being a UNLV guy here in Vegas, but uh, USC <laughs> is is you know one of the focal points of your life. You're you're a, you're big around that campus. Everywhere I go down there, people are like, Ah, oh, Rush was here. Uh, Reggie Bush is fighting. He's battling. Is this going to go anywhere for him? I don't think so. I think this is one of those lawsuits that you file just to get, get it out there in the news, just to get the publicity, just to get... Uh, by the way, I already think the court of public opinion is on his side. I mean, look at, look, look at Caleb Williams, for example. I, I don't know how many commercials we're going to see him on this football season. He's in the Wendy's commercials. He's in a Celsius commercial. He may have more coming down the pike. I mean, the guy is a multimillionaire, and so... I think most people think like, okay, listen, I, we, if, if you watch the Johnny Manziel documentary, it's pretty clear that most of these guys got paid something. Now, what exactly? I'm not exactly sure. But by the way, it's just a small fraction of what these guys currently make above board. So um, he's not going to win his lawsuit. I, I, I don't really think he thinks he's going to win his lawsuit. This is just to have a press conference. This is just to get people talking. But to be honest, Adam, I, I don't, you know, he had the press conference. We talked about it for a couple of days, but I, I don't know if there's a lot of movement on that front. Uh, what about, what about uh, Bronny? It sounds like there's good updates, good news, and we could actually see him back on the court. Yeah, I mean, so USC is experienced with dealing with the player who went through this. They had a player who uh, suffered a cardiac arrest uh, last a year around the same time, and they got to play at some point. Uh, the good thing is that the tests have revealed that this is not something that cannot be uh, fixed or, or, or cured, um, but obviously that they're going to be very cautious. So, I mean, there's no timetable for his return. I think, obviously, like anyone who was expecting Bronner to be one and done, which I thought was kind of far-fetched to begin with. But uh, I, I, think, I think the most important thing uh, clearly would be his health. Bronny not only went to the Drake concert with his father, he was uh, at the first USC uh, game of the season at the Coliseum. So he's out and about. He looks great. But uh, we'll see when he gets back on the court. By the way, uh, do, you know, do you have any idea how much Drake tickets were resale in L.A.? Oh my gosh! I can only imagine when I looked at like the Taylor Swift concert tickets. I mean, I, I, it's, uh, I have no idea. Dude, it's, I ask because it is wild, wild. Drake is here Friday and Saturday at T-Mobile. Uh, the resale numbers are astronomical. Wow! Uh, if anybody is selling them, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Hit me up on social media. I've been really fighting and scraping to try to figure out how to go to this thing. It is insane. How Here's much people are paying fact. for tickets? I was uh, talking to someone at Crypto.com Arena. Drake set the food and beverage record 
for both of his nights. And so, you know, like, that, that's 20-plus years of Kings games, Lakers games, Clippers games, all the shows. The uh, two nights of Drake set the record for food and beverage. Crypto. Wow. I have to imagine that might happen at T-Mobile as well. And I will I I'll just say right now, it might have gone down. Uh, you know, as it gets closer, it tends to go down. As of last night, the get-in price, the cheapest ticket to get in, and the nosebleeds at T-Mobile for this weekend, $1,400. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's wild. I, I'm good. not making Sporting Tribune money, Arash. I can't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I can't yeah. swing that. I've got to figure something out. But I <laughs> I need to find a way to get into that show. So that's why I even bring it up. Uh, I care about Drake in 21 Savage. Do people in L.A. care about the Angels? Because what a yeah. mess this organization is. I mean, what a disaster. I mean, it, it really made no sense for them to, quote, unquote, go all in at the trade deadline. I don't fault them for not trading Shohei Otani. I mean, because even if they think that there's a glimmer of hope, for them to keep him, uh, you know, you you have to try to keep a transcendent generational talent like that. He's the modern day Babe Ruth. We've never seen uh, what he's doing. So, but so you go all in and you trade your prospects for players who can maybe help you, and then you proceed to go on a six-game losing streak. And what they did yesterday was absolutely embarrassing. I mean, of course, we know they're not going to make the playoffs, but just to wave, uh, you know, six players like that and. Uh, listen, if you're Shohei, I don't know why you would want to hit your wagon to this team. I know Mike Trout did. I think if I'm Trout, I go in there and I demand a trade. And if I'm Shohei, I'm gone at the end of the season. Are they going to try to make a pitch? Oh, for sure. No, yeah, I mean, you have to. I mean, I don't know what happens to this franchise if Shohei leaves. I think it's, I mean, if you look at around the ballpark at the Big A, the number of sponsorships and partnerships they have from companies in Japan. Uh, if he leaves, combine that with what's happening to the regional sports network model, uh, it's, it'll be catastrophic. And if you're a Marty Moreno, uh, why did you not sell the team? I mean, it makes no sense. He, he, he issued a press release saying, I'm, I'm like actively looking to sell the team. 99.9% of the time when someone does that, they, they do go forward and sell the team. For him to keep the team, and now there's no regional sports network. Now there's perhaps no Shohei Otani. Now perhaps you have a disgruntled Mike Trout saying, like, shit me out of here. Uh, it, it, it's a brutal situation, which, Adam, to your question, nobody in Los Angeles cares about them. So, I mean, <laughs> like, even, like, even when Trout and Shohei Otani were uh, playing uh, and they were above 500, no, no, nobody cared about them. Will the Dodgers try to get Shohei? Oh, 100%. You know, when you looked at what they did this past summer, it was a very rare uh, time period for them where, uh, you know, they lose Trey Turner, they lose Justin Turner, they lose Cody Bellinger. They didn't make any big splashes. And even during the trade deadline, if you looked, like, they made some small moves that made sense for them, but no big splashes. They are really focused on making a full-court press on Shohei Otani. And listen, if, if Shohei's not happy, and I can't imagine why he would be happy, my sense is he does want to stay on the West Coast. So you look at the Dodgers, you look at the Giants, you look at Seattle. Uh, the Dodgers really do make the most sense in terms of staying in Los Angeles, going to a big market, going to a team that you don't for sure 
is going to be in the playoffs. I mean, look at the Dodgers this year when, like, everyone thought this would be a quote-unquote down year for them. They're going to win the division going away, and they'll probably play the Braves in the championship series, and we'll see what happens. That's a quote-unquote down year. Wait, is this baseball analyst Arash, or is this Dodger fan Arash? Well, wait. So you don't think that the Dodgers are going to go after Shohei Otani? No, you. you, I'm not saying they're not going to go after him. You said he's the best place for them. He's they're the best place for him. Well, he's in Los. I mean, where where do you think if if I'm running Shohei Otani's like uh, you know portfolio, and I'm saying okay, well he he wants to stay on the West Coast, so that you know you forget about the Yankees, forget about the Red Sox. It's going to be hard for you to make the um, argument that uh, he can have more success on and off the field with Seattle or San Francisco. I think with the Los Angeles Dodgers, it's Los Angeles, it's Hollywood. You're with a championship contending team. Uh, I think it makes the most sense. Yes, I do live in Los Angeles. Yes, I do like to go to Dodgers games. But um, I, when you look at what makes the most sense for Shohei on the field and um, off the field, it's the Dodgers. Um, I think Giants, but that's an argument for another day. It could day. be. That's yeah, fine. It could yeah. be. I think that's the better fit. Don't don't be a hater, Arash. Uh, <laughs> I know you're an L.A. guy. Uh, you you are an L.A. guy, but you were in Vegas this weekend. How did it go? What were you doing up here? You were hanging out the Circa out and about. Well, yeah. I mean, as you saw, I mean, it was really cool to see a lot of uh, talk shows from around the country. Uh, Derek Stevens and the crew over there did a great job of having their own Radio Row, by the way, happy that the uh, Las Vegas Super Bowl committee made the announcement that it would be at Mandalay Bay. I was very concerned they were going to spread this thing out, Adam, but uh, thankfully it'll be very simple. Whoa, whoa, you didn't, you didn't know that? Well, they you could have asked me three months ago. Official. No, stop. I know, you could ask me three months ago. I know where it was going. I would have okay, told listen, you. But, but the beauty is you could do a talk show at Mandalay Bay, cross the Haas, and you're at Allegiant Stadium. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's not. It's, stop trying to make the Haas. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> what, 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 do you, what do you got up at Sporting Tribune? What should people look for? Well, we got a lot happening. Uh, you know, week one, week zero is in the rearview mirror. So we got week one. We got Steve Carp at the UNLV game. We got... Uh, by the way, Steve Carp at the U.S. Open. He was in New York covering the Las Vegas Aces. Wow. So we got a lot going on, but a very exciting time um, with sports in Southern California, Las Vegas, and, of course, Hawaii. Yeah, follow Sporting Tribune up on all social media platforms as well. Don't follow Arash personally, though. Just follow the work <laughs> that they are doing. We thank you, sir. Have a good day. Thanks, Adam. Talk to you later. Continue. Cofield and Company from the Rampart Racing Sportsbook. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Wrapping things up. Cofield and Company down here from the Rampart. Don't forget, Coach's Show coming up next. Coach Odom at Parkway Tavern 215 and Flamingo. Uh, he'll be joined by Cofield and Caleb Herring. It includes conversations with Doug, Br- Doug Brumfield, Jackson Turner, and Jackson Woodard. Should be a great show getting you ready for Saturday. I'm fired up. I, I was actually having a very, very long conversation uh, with one of my colleagues last night about how there really is genuine excitement for UNLV football and to see what they're like. Demone, are you feeling that yet? 
I'm feeling it. I don't know if you've seen what I put in my topics today, but that sounded, I don't. That sounded no, disingenuous. It's it's genuine. UNLV is a sleeping giant, man. I don't know if you saw that tweet. I don't even know if I the did, website. I did. I did. Yeah, I don't care if they're reputable or not. But, but this, you, has, been, this has been the case giant. forever. All right, I know you're, you're very young, Demon. This has been something that has been said about this program for a long time, mostly because of, hey, the success the basketball program once had. Obviously, you know, athletics can compete at a high level here. Uh, but also, it's a rec- uh, fertile recruiting ground in Vegas and in California. It's a great, great city, of course, to recruit to. Uh, they've got all the great facilities for, I don't know, 40 years. It's been known as a potential sleeping giant, and it just hasn't happened. I, I don't even – we don't need that. We don't need sleeping giant. We just need some sustained success. Like, that's it. It doesn't need to be a giant. Just win some games. Well, I think they're definitely making a bowl game this year. Wow, definitely. Definitely. I think they are. Yeah. I think they are. But even more than that, I, I feel like <laughs> – Barry Odom isn't just trying to pretend to be a coach. He's a coach. Are you trying to throw some Marcus Arroyo slander out there? I just, I'm just i just talking about Barry Odom, not comparing him to anybody else. Okay. But I'm saying I feel like he's I, – I think he just is a coach. I think everything he's done from handling players, handling the city, handling fans, addressing media, the way he's – I mean, I just feel so excited about what they're doing, and I really am excited, obviously, about what, you know, what his program is doing, but – this offense has the potential to be so fun. Uh, obviously, the, the go-go offense with the, with the pace, uh, just getting up to the line and just going, creating mismatches, keeping the defense off balance. Like, I just really want to see what they look like. But I just love the direction the program's heading. So, like, just win some games. Be a sleeping giant down the road. Win some games. Have, have fun. And I, I feel like that's going to happen. I think people are genuinely excited about that. So I am fired up, and you can hear a lot more about what the program is doing on the Coach's Show coming up. Parkway Tavern 215 at Flamingo. Barry Odom Radio Show, Cofield, Caleb Herring, Coach Odom, Doug Brumfield, Jackson Turner, and Jackson Woodard coming up right after this. Uh, D-Mode, I asked you during the break. I'm just going to keep doing it. Uh, I asked you if you watch Hard Knocks so we could talk about it, and your response was no. I was watching Superman. Yes, I've gotten recently. Are you five? I feel like it, yes. I'm watching two Superman shows. They're both on Max. Why are, how many Superman shows are there that exist? They're not enough because the shows can really tackle Superman as a complex character the way the movies just can't. So, you know, that's why, you know, the shows always get Superman right. Superman and Lois, Did home you, run. You really just said that? Yeah, I said it. Superman and Lois, home run. So, like, all Mike, these Superman shows that are out, is it, like, Superman at different ages? Yes, yeah, Superman and Lois, it's Superman with two teenage sons. You know, that's interesting. Superman being a dad. That's, that's, so, he, it's just like he's got the day-to-day problems of being a family man? Yeah. Oh, my God. Who skipped school? You're watching oh my God. this? Yeah, and then you got Mike. That's a show. Yes. I don't Does he use his superpowers much. to, like, use his superpowers to, like, take the kids back to class? You know, he tries not to. You know, he tries to give him a normal, just as a normal life as possible, you know, without the powers. You know, he's still dead by, at the end of the day, you know? And so at the same time you're watching this, you're also watching, like, Superman as a young man? Yeah, my adventures with Superman. This one is animated. And, oh uh, yeah, this one's also getting pretty good. I knew there was a Smallville. That was a thing. Oh, Smallville was also great. But and there's there's just unlimited number of these shows. Yeah, you remember Justice League and then Justice League Unlimited? Oh, Superman was no, great in that one too. I don't I don't know anything about that. I've learned everything I know about Superman. I've learned in the last thirty seconds. Well, it sounds like you have Max, so you should get on it. A, I do a, a diverse Superman catalog. Watch, there. watch Bishop Sycamore also on Max. Don't flip to Superman. 
there was something else we were trying to all watch, right? I can't remember what it was. The Idol? <laughs> I'm not watching The Idol. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, hard Knocks last night. We only have like 30 seconds. But uh, the only thing that really mattered, Brett Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers was talking a lot of trash to Jihad Ward. Uh, Jihad Ward hit him late. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said, I don't even know who you are. And Jihad Ward said, I don't even know who you are. Which, come on, man. That's a ridiculous comeback. It's also a ridiculous insult from Aaron Rodgers, who then went to the sideline and said, I hit him with an uncomebackable line. That's not a real word. And also, it wasn't that good of a line. Settle down, Aaron. You know where he, he got did that look from? Good. He played well. Where? Thanos, Marvel. You took everything from un- me. He said uncomebackable? No, I don't even know who you are. All right. Watch a movie, Adam. I will not. That'll do it. Watch Bishop Sycamore. We'll talk about it soon. Thanks to Justin Watkins and Blake Colucci, everybody that was by. Thanks to Demon. Great work. And again, Coach Barry Odom Radio Show coming up. Parkway Tavern at 215 and Flamingo. Coach Odom, Cofield, Caleb Herring. Should be great. Getting you ready. Saturday, UNLV and Bryant. It's coming up this weekend.